0: Hey, it's Gary and Jim, and this is another edition of the Best Trip Ever podcast. You know, I think that probably the most underappreciated Disney park that gets overlooked is Disneyland Paris. And here we are, it's almost 30 years old, and... People still call it Euro Disney. People still think it's a failure, even though for years now it's been the most popular tourist attraction in Europe. People still see it as this early stigma because it got such a slow start. But to me, with the architecture and all the flowers, it's the prettiest Disneyland style park. And every time I go back, I'm reminded how much I love it.
1: Bonjour. Oh my gosh. When people ask me, what's your favorite Disneyland? Which I get that question probably weekly. I've always said I think the prettiest Disneyland is Paris Disneyland. And now it's been a few years since we've been there. So I think it's been eight years since we, our last visit to Paris Disneyland, and this being our third visit. And so I was curious to see if I still felt the same way. Do I still think that it's the prettiest Disneyland now that we've been to every single Disney park in the world? And definitely, it yes, is my answer. It is the prettiest. It's got a real wow factor. It's got It's real environment. It feels like it fits in because of being in Europe and the European gardens and the attention to detail. So, hands down,
0: prettiest Disneyland still. As I walked around the park, I thought to myself, is this actually my favorite Disneyland park? And it might be for the feeling that you get just walking around. If you want the best rides, the best rides are at Shanghai because it's the newest park. It's state of the art and the best rides are there. That said, so much of the detail at Shanghai is sort of like everything feels like Adventureland. There's a lot of trees, there's a lot of brown, and I feel like at Disneyland Paris, it's unlike any park. Instead of Tomorrowland, you have Discoveryland. I love the Fantasyland with all the European stylings and the maze, and I just... There's just a feeling there that you don't get at any other Disney park. Well, and also I feel like it's very immersive. It's
1: one of those we took the Eurostar Channel from London. So you can go directly from from London to Paris Disneyland it does take a few stops or what we did was we wanted the faster route so we went right into Paris uh, Garden Nord and we changed to a local train to get out there so it's nice because you come out of the metro the train station there at the end of the line which is the Paris Disneyland stop you come through security and wham you're right there we stayed at the hotel which is right there at the entrance of Disneyland so you're fully immersive it's not like you have to take a monorail or a bus or walk. I mean, you are right there at the park if you choose to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. And I think that puts you in the Disney spirit right off the bat.
0: It's so nice to have that train stop right there in the middle of the resort. I love that. It's great. So we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel, which is literally the entrance of Disneyland Park. I don't think there's a hotel, a Disney hotel, that is as close to the park as the Disneyland Paris Hotel.
1: No, the only similar one would be at the Grand Californian, but that's not to the entrance of Disneyland. That's California Adventure. So if you're going Disneyland Park to Hotel, this is the closest of anyone that we've been to, and I think probably anyone in the world.
0: And again, we're talking Disneyland Park. Tokyo Disney Sea, the MiraCosta is sort of in the park, but that's not a Disneyland style park. So uh, we have stayed at uh, one other resort at uh, paris disneyland uh which one was the clint eastwood one which one was, it? was the
1: hotel santa fe very much a moderate i would probably give it a two star on a good day the rooms were super tiny the bathroom's tiny and of course european beds tiny i also found that hotel to be kind of noisy because the europeans will book five people a family of five into a room with two double beds and pile them in so lots and lots of noise on that stay But I'm glad that we've been able to do it because we can compare the difference. So now twice we've stayed at the
0: Disneyland Hotel and it's worth every euro. Agreed. If you can swing it, definitely stay at the Disneyland Hotel in Paris. It's so charming. It's delightful. And we stayed over the holidays in 2018. They had a gingerbread house up. They had all the Christmas decorations. Uh, Characters were taking pictures in the hotel with their Christmas decorations and their Christmas outfits on. So it really puts you in the mood for the holidays.
1: Oh, and there's nothing better than being able to get up first thing in the morning for your early admission where you can get in an hour prior for the premium rides in both parks and just be right there it gets you in the spirit right away no shuttle no tram no bus you're just there walk right out the
0: door So you get there and they had some fabulous holiday decorations. They kind of chose a blue motif, a blue and white motif. You get in and they have all the characters has snow people, snow men and women, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, and it's all in blue and white lights and it's stunning. And another thing that really was neat, and what was unique to us, is
1: it had just been Mickey's 90th birthday a couple days prior to our arrival. So every land had a giant birthday cake that was the theme of whatever land it was, be Main Street USA, Tomorrowland or Discoveryland, uh, Frontierland, Adventureland. Every land had a giant, probably about an eight-foot-tall birthday cake for the land. So it was fun that we got a little extra, more than just holiday decorations. We got to celebrate Mickey's
0: 90th. Yeah, we got to run around and try to find the cakes. Not that they were terribly hard to find, but it was still kind of fun to go, oh, we got to go to this land. Have we checked this one off yet? Yeah. So we have pictures of all the cakes that you can uh, see on our Facebook page. I just think that one of the things that was great, and it seems like I remember going to Disneyland in California for Christmas in the early nineties. And it wasn't that busy. It was still decorated, but it wasn't that busy at all. And now we've seen the advent of the holiday season ramping up and obviously more and more people going for the holidays. Matter of fact, a few years ago, we went to Florida, Magic Kingdom for Christmas day, and it was packed
1: with people. That was the busiest I've ever seen. That was just swarming with people. And it used to be, even in the early 2000s, what we would do is the first kind of weekend in December, we would go down to Disneyland to get in the holiday spirit and enjoy it. Well, now, pretty much from about Labor Day to about New Year's, it's packed at the parks for one holiday or another. So it was really nice to come into a theme park, which was fully decorated But it wasn't swarming with people. I've got to say that was one of the nicest features. And it could be because the Europeans have a different feeling about things. And it could be the weather because honestly, it was about 29 degrees Fahrenheit um, and very foggy a couple of those mornings. So we were very bundled up. It wasn't your, you know, Southern California flip flops and T-shirt kind of day.
0: (laughs) I loved it, the fact that it wasn't as crowded. I mean, it was brisk, but it certainly wasn't wall-to-wall people like you'd see this time of year in the United States. So it really kind of helps to put you in the holiday season when, you know, the longest line is maybe an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. Uh, you don't wait incredibly long for the character. So that's always that's always pleasant. Uh, as I said, the, the decorations were all up. Uh, characters in their holiday wear they had a, a holiday parade as well
1: oh yeah the holiday parade was of course adorable well themed and unlike the US where you'd have to queue up to get a good spot at the parade you know an hour prior we showed up right as the parade was beginning and had a great spot you can actually stand on the edge of a of a park bench when we didn't even get in trouble for that and had a great vantage point and got to enjoy every single minute of it even small world is not it's decorated not to the scale of say disneyland california but still was very well decorated and themed for the holidays and i would say that's probably my favorite small world
0: disneyland paris was built sort of right toward the end of uh, michael Eisner really working really hard to develop Disney properties and make the 90s the Disney decade. There was a part in the late 90s where he went very cheap and um, quality sacrificed. I think California Adventure is an example of that in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I think that Disneyland Paris is a reflection of that 90s decade, the Disney decade, the Eisner era, where they still put a lot of thought and craftsmanship and detail into designs and they put a lot of investment into the property. So I just love that. You know, for example, I think the small world in Paris is the best small world. You still have Skull Rock right by the pirates of the Caribbean at Paris Disneyland. There's all kinds of little details that I think work really well at Paris Disneyland, which is one of the reasons I like it, and I think that it's very much an artistic success.
1: Absolutely. And the theming on their version of the Haunted Mansion, Fanon Manor, is different, too. It's a totally different storyline. Unfortunately, it was closed this time for maintenance, which is the second of the three times we've been there. It's been closed for maintenance. But it's really got a great attention to detail. Not everything has to have a purpose. I find in some of the American parks... Every single thing has to have either a retail shop or a food vendor. It has to have a purpose. Here they have a lot of things. You just wander through and look at the beauty and the whimsy of the the details.
0: One of my favorite attractions, maybe maybe my favorite Disney attraction, I'm not sure, Space Mountain. So it's a completely different Space Mountain. Um, It's almost like a Jules Verne design. I guess even today some kids might see it and think it's steampunk. Uh You queue up outside the uh, ride. You're outside in the open air and you get in the roller coaster train and you circle around and you're in this tube on the outside of the building, the Space Mountain building. And it's a launch takeoff. You launch up at this angle through this tube and rush into the building and you zoom around. And it's always been the most dramatic Space Mountain but now they've added the Star Wars overlay. It's now Hyperspace Mountain. And I think that this Star Wars overlay works the best in Paris, better than any of the other Space Mountains. Hong Kong's pretty good as far as the Star Wars overlay. But I think this one is even better because there was already dramatic lighting. There was already uh, spheres that you could project things on. There was, all, there was already more elements to work with from the base up. And the Star Wars overlay, I feel, just adds to it. And there's also an unsung hero of Space Mountain, Hyperspace Mountain in Disneyland Paris, and that is the harness system. I don't know how many times I've ridden, like, for example, the old Hulk roller coaster. um, The Revolution at Six Flags Magic Mountain. You go, oh, this used to be the best coaster. I remember when I rode it. It was so fun. And then you get on it, and it's older, and it's not kept up that great, and it's a head shaker, and it's just rattly and not smooth anymore, and, and you hate it. I hate when that happens. Yeah,
1: that's always the biggest disappointment is when you get on a roller coaster that you have great memories on and it just rattles you around and you almost just want it to end right away because you're almost in pain level. And this time it was so great. I remember Jim really enjoying this Space Mountain the last couple of trips and I thought it was fine. But this last time we get in and I realized the harness had changed. It's got range of motion. So it comes over your head and it locks in, but the nice thing is it's not stiff. So it's got a little give to it so you can feel your body move with the twists and the turn. And you're not on a head shaker. Your ears aren't getting boxed against the headrest. I'm not feeling like I need to take my earrings out because I'm going to lose lose them. It was incredible. I think really the harness is what makes this attraction. And more roller coasters of this design need to take a glimpse
0: at this style. It's almost like wearing a life jacket. That's connected to the safety bar. You pull it over your head and the bar comes down, but it doesn't touch you. What touches you is this soft harness on the suspension system. And again, it's sort of like, like a padded life vest. And as you move around, you're locked in, but you have this sideways mobility. So when things shake, you're not hitting your head on the safety harness. Uh, You don't feel it as much. It kind of reduces the G force, the sudden G force. I think that this harness needs to be on every roller coaster practically in the world. It is the best and made this ride so spectacular. Big thumbs up to Hyperspace Mountain.
1: Oh, yeah. We rode that a couple times and it was so worth it. And I was not dreading getting a headache after having ridden it the first time because I knew what a smooth ride it was going to be. That one definitely moved up the list of my
0: favorite roller coasters. They made some changes. They added Johnny Depp as they have to all the parks for the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. There used to be an element to Pirates of the Caribbean in Paris where a pirate would swing over your head on a rope and that isn't there anymore but they've they've kind of changed it around it's it's fine it's Pirates of the
1: Caribbean. Yeah, it's exactly what you expect. And again, much like the Blue Bayou in California, they have kind of a dining space, too, where you can eat inside of the attraction. We didn't get a chance to do it this time because our time was limited and you can only eat so many times in a day. But that's also an option if
0: you're looking at pre-planning your dining. Look at dining inside of Pirates at um,
1: Paris Disneyland.
0: We did have a great dining experience on Main Street. There's a restaurant called Walt's. And if you've ever wanted to know what Club 33 was like when it was good before the remodel, uh, Waltz is a very great example of what it was like. And I really enjoy Waltz.
1: Yeah, and what I really enjoyed this time, we've eaten there one time before, and when we were there this past trip, it was Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. So we were trying to find the most traditional American-style restaurant we could to kind of celebrate the holiday while in a foreign country. But what we didn't realize the last time that we ate there, because it wasn't explained to us, is that each room has a different theme. So one of them is supposed to be a train car, one of, it's, one of them is Fantasyland. It's such a nod to each of the lands that if you don't pay attention to the details, you don't even realize it. So it was incredible to kind of walk through each of the rooms after dining and pick up the little nods to Fantasyland or Adventureland or each of the lands and really notice the details. And it could have been something as small as painting on the ceiling or artwork or a model on the wall, but it was really neat and it was almost like you felt Walt had been there. Of course he'd never stepped foot there, but it was a nod to him. There were family photos in the lobby, but it was just like being at the home and the elevator very much reminded me
0: of the elevator at Club thirty three. Yes, you could have a Club thirty three experience without the membership and the price at Walt's. Also if you book it at the right time, you can see the parade go by your window. That's a great spot for the for the parade. Uh, as we mentioned, we stayed at the uh, Disneyland Resort and we ate at the uh, buffet restaurant, which I thought was was very good. Lots of different variety there.
1: Yeah, I think what we would do next time, I don't recall um, the dining last time. But this time around, I wish we would have done the dining package. I didn't pre-book that and we should have because then we could have included breakfast daily as well as a dinner. Instead, we were doing everything kind of on the fly and a la carte in terms of pricing. And it's not the least expensive place to eat. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Each meal was definitely – on the more expensive side, when you looked at things like breakfast. So if you can book it with breakfast included, do so because that will save you because I think breakfast, the breakfast buffet must have been about $40 a person, but we were hungry. And so we went in and had a great breakfast and kind of warmed up because we'd gone in for early admission into the park for a couple hours. And then we wanted to kind of get a bite to eat before we headed out for more adventures.
0: We did have some fun adventures. What's incredible is they do a light show now at night with the fireworks and they show it on the on the castle and by the way the the castle in Disneyland Paris is amazing. Oh it's so
1: pretty I just I can't stop staring at it I can't stop taking pictures of it I probably took a hundred pictures and it was so beautiful. And you can actually still walk through the castle, which is great, because on a lot of the castles now, they're doing shows there, and so they tend to close them off for access, and you get full access to the
0: castle. And you can go up into the castle and tour it as well. And they have the dragon underneath the castle, and he's animated, and he looks real. It's something right out of fantasy adventure, and it just feels like that's a touch that they wouldn't do anymore because it would be cost prohibitive. But I just love little things like that that happen. But so at night, they do the fireworks show, and because it was Mickey's 90th birthday, they did sort of a pre show. Showing Mickey highlights projected onto the castle.
1: Yeah, I think that show was 12 minutes. And so we watched all those details, everything from your know, steamboat, Willie, the more contemporary things. And then there was a slight pause. And then from there, they actually did the Nighttime Spectacular, which was great. The only thing I think was a teeny bit of a disappointment for me was that it wasn't a Christmas show, but that was great. One of the highlights and the most interesting is they were doing all the different movies and animated classics of Disney. And when they hit, were doing uh, Frozen, everybody in the audience knew all the words in French, and half of the show was in English, half was in French. So it was interesting to see. But to see, you know, or hear 10,000 people singing "Let It Go" in French was pretty darn incredible.
0: Apparently, France loves Frozen. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was amazing. Uh, the other thing that was interesting: um, Beauty and the Beast was not the 1990 animated movie. It was the modern live action movie.
1: And that was in English. So I can't figure out how they decide what's in English and what's in French. But it was sure fun to see it, you know, um, up on the castle and the and the attention to detail. And we tried to take as much video as we could. Of course, there's plenty of people there. And you always get the one person that's taller than you. But it was pretty incredible. And it was about a 20-minute show as well. So I felt like it was well worth the time to commit to it.
0: And the one person recording on their iPad. I can't stress this enough. Don't record on your iPad. Don't hold up a giant cookie sheet to block everybody. (laughs) No one likes that. And
1: turn off your flash on your camera. The guy next to me had his light on the whole entire time, which was really frustrating. So please turn off your flash. It
0: doesn't do you any good on your photos. Not for fireworks and a projection on the castle. You know what what struck me, especially with the pictures, is just in the last few years, I mean, Disney's been doing uh, projection shows for quite a while, whether it's on a castle or water or a wall, but... Um, the technology has advanced so much to where it is crystal clear. The details, uh the vibrancy of the colors. It is amazing how far projection technology has come. Yeah, I feel like I could watch a full movie on that. It's gotten so clear.
1: And you would think with all the little bumps and turns of the castle, it would be distracting. But I felt
0: like I was watching it on the Jumbotron on the Disney Dream up on the pool deck. It's incredible. So I really enjoyed my time at Disneyland Paris. That said, um, across the way is what many people consider to be the lesser of the least of the Disney theme parks. And maybe in a way, since we've been there, it's most improved, but it's still the Disney Studios, the Walt Disney Studios in Paris. And when we first went there years ago... It looked literally like a movie studio. It looked everything, everything was housed. No matter if it was the roller coaster, whatever it was, it was in a beige studio style building, which. I just thought looked bland and looked repetitive and I guess they're trying to make it feel like you're in Hollywood but it just seemed like a really inexpensive way to get around theming a theme park and it was a bad choice and thankfully they've moved away from a lot of that. Yeah because it was the park we were
1: really not looking forward to at all because we remembered it being so boring last time and just very few attractions. The last time they were there they had just put in the Pixar Playland and they were the first ones to have that But again, as you know, if you've seen it in the different parks, it's kind of the off the shelf ride. So at least they've stepped up a little bit and it was, you know, it was better than we were expected, but that's not a full day park.
0: No, and it's on a very small footprint, but they have made some improvements, the decorations, the details. They have a rock and roller coaster, which actually goes upside down and has a corkscrew in it. So that's cool. Um, the other thing is that it still has, for example, Armageddon. Who thought of Armageddon anytime recently? I I, don't, I think even Ben Affleck has forgotten about Armageddon. But uh, so they still have some of those old attractions. They've had have added some more recent ones. They've added some uh, the teacup style ride based on uh, Cars. So they've added some elements of Cars Land in Anaheim into Disneyland Paris. And then they've also added uh, Crush's Coaster, which we didn't get to ride last time, which is is a lot of fun. For sort of a Mad Mouse-style roller coaster, I think Crush is about the best one I've ridden.
1: Yeah, that one we weren't really looking forward to riding, but we felt like we need to mark it off our coaster list. So we did that on early admission one morning. Glad we did because that always seemed to have one of the longest lines. And it was a lot of fun. You get into basically a turtle shell and you either sit frontwards or backwards and we didn't know what to do. So we just got in the first one and ended up going backwards and it was so smooth. I think some other theme parks could take a lesson on how to make one of those in the dark rides Fun and fast for a coaster that wasn't a head shaker. And I probably would have ridden it again, but we were just running out of time.
0: Yeah, it's very smooth. It's almost like riding waves the way you bank corners and the way you spin. Sometimes those spinning coasters like Hester and Jester or whatever it is at, uh, at uh, animal kingdom. That was terrible. And this one is got the spinning, which is fun. It's not overly done. So you get sick. And also when you bank corners, it's very smooth and fun. So I did enjoy Crush's coaster. I thought that was a lot of fun, but they have added a great area, a French area to the Walt Disney studios with probably one of the best rides anywhere In the world, and that is uh, Ratatouille. I thought that was fantastic. Some people I read online called it uh, Spider-Man Jr., but I think it surpasses Spider-Man or many of those projection rides uh, in execution and in design. I
1: loved it. And I thought, how could I like it? Because I loved mouse au Chocolat in Land in Germany over the summer. And I thought, there's no way there's going to be any other mouse ride that does great. This one blew the other one out of the park. I mean, I could not believe from the ride cars to the attention to details of making it feel like literally you were the rat and you were at his eye level, be it being swept up by a mop, being underneath the stove in the kitchen. It was fantastic. If anything, it was a little too authentic because I got a little bit of tummy stuff on that one.
0: I did, too. Um, like I said, I think the, 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 the projection technology is incredible now uh combined with the ride car technology and the the force perspective where you go under a grill and you can see the flames from the grill you're underneath a cart that's moving throughout the restaurant space and the wheels next to you on the giant cart are turning I thought this was a fantastic ride. And whoever said this was like Spider-Man Jr. or something like that is completely wrong. This is its own ride. It is its own identity. And I think the, the attention to detail and the technology make it as good as any style ride like this anywhere in the world. It is one of my favorites right now. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I'm not one for 3D rides. I'm kind of over them. I feel like every time I have to wear another pair of glasses on a ride, I kind of get like a big snooze fest. This one moved up to the top. So I think it's hands down my number one 3D ride and worth doing. Again, another one do it doing during the early admission or with the fast pass because it's still very, very popular and the wait times are super long. It was also fun to be there first thing in the morning because you can be there in the French village and no one else was there. The only mistake we made because we didn't realize it is that we did not eat at Remy's and did not make a dining reservation that's going to be top of the list for next time it's adorable the theming of Remy's is so cute it's supposed to be a French bistro but the seats look like champagne corks and just the caps I mean it was so cute and I regret that we didn't dine there so even though I'm not a huge fan of French food I would eat there just for the theming
0: yeah, I would love to eat at Remy, and next time we'd go there, we're definitely gonna do that. Uh, much like Disneyland Paris, uh, the Walt Disney Studios also has its own show at night. They bring out the Fab Five, and they do a show, and they do projection on the Hollywood Tower of Terror. And again, the projection technology is amazing. The detail that they can do up there is is fun. I mean, it's 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 definitely you're in a very small space. It can be very cozy at times with the crowd, but it looked like the line of sight isn't always perfect because of the design of the park, but still, it's very nice.
1: Well, and I'm glad we got to see it because it was—it's still like the beginning of winter season, and it wasn't a holiday in France. The hours were shorter on the parks. The parks were closing at like 7:30, 8 o'clock in the evening. So the studios was actually closing earlier. So we kind of snuck in right as it was closing before the the actual spectacular, and we were surprised we got to see it because we thought that they were going to close the gates. And so we were able to actually experience it, see all
0: the bright colors, and of course see my girl Minnie in her holiday fa- fashions. So sweet. Uh, And also, um, instead of a downtown Disney, they have a Disney village, uh, which I really enjoy. I think it's got a nice footprint. It's got a nice space and a nice variety of things.
1: Oh yeah, great shopping. Um, really glad we had dining reservations there the first night. We ate at kind of a American themed Tex-Mex buffet restaurant. We wanted to go to the Wild West uh, Wild Bill's Wild West Show. We've been to that before, but it was not running on the nights so we were there. This time of the year, it only runs on the weekend, and we were there in the middle of the week. So went with the other restaurant, which was totally fine. It's kind of a country western dance hall with a restaurant. Billy and- Bob's. <laughs> Yeehaw! And all themes of all things Elvis and country music. So it was kind of funny to see an Ameri- or a Parisian version of an American restaurant. But it was good that we had dining reservations because the park had closed at 7. So thousands of people were swarming into the Disney Village looking for a place to dine. And we were able to get right in the queue to, for, our, for our reservations.
0: Yeah, there's also Wild Bill's show, the Wild West show, which is a lot of fun. We've done that before. That's a good time. Go if you can get reservations for that. They've got a Disney store, they've got the uh, Disney Emporium with all of the park gifts as well. They've got, of course, the Art of Disney store, and they have various restaurants. They've got a 50s theme restaurant called Annette's, which I would assume is a callback to a uh, Disney legend Annette Fonicello. They even have a Starbucks, and in case you're wondering, yes.
1: Yes, they have the You Are Here mugs. They had both Disneyland Paris and... And the or the Disney Studios Paris. So I had to buy them both. Kind of expensive. They were about nineteen euros each, so about twenty five bucks a mug. But you know, somewhere I had to have those for our specialty collection of Starbucks Disney mugs. And I schlepped those things back in my backpack so they wouldn't get broken. So. Definitely go there. We had to look for them in the store. They kept them up on the counter. They weren't with all the other mugs. And I'm really glad I didn't give up because we were getting ready to leave and we didn't see them. And on the corner of my eye, I noticed them. And so worth adding to our collection. Another couple of restaurants there in the Disney Village. I believe there was a Planet Hollywood, if I recall. Yep. And then also there's a german theme restaurant, which we've eaten at before. So your typical German fare and giant beer. So another fun one. And you can make pre-dining reservations for all of these and I would highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, so Disney Village is, is a lot of fun. If you get a chance, be sure to tour that as well. Uh, I really enjoy going to Disneyland Paris. Even though the Walt Disney Studios is, is not the best park in the world, I still really enjoy Disneyland Paris Resort.
1: Oh, yeah. We had such a good time there. I mean, we just had a wonderful experience. The decorations really put us in the holiday spirit. And on Main Street in Disneyland, about once an hour, they make it snow. So, of course, that's always fun with the holiday music. What I really enjoyed was the fact that you could get pictures in front of just about everything and anything without major lines. Usually you come into Disneyland or our Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom... When the Christmas tree is up, and you got to queue up to get your picture in front of the tree, we had none of that. Even most of the character di- the character experiences not really long lines. We got our picture taken with Goofy. I mean, we had so many fun character experiences, and I didn't feel like we were wasting hours in
0: line. I
1: love me a good character um, photo, but I'm not waiting in line for one.
0: After uh, we went to Disneyland Paris, we did take the train and go into Disneyland proper. We didn't get to do as much because of the uh, yellow vest protests in in Paris. But we still we stayed at a very nice hotel. I really love the boutique hotel.
1: Yeah, we stayed in the left bank this time in St. Germain, which is kind of a residential neighborhood. So we took the train back from Disneyland into central Paris and then took the metro and did a little walk over to our hotel. The hotel is a virtuoso small boutique hotel. And it's very much like staying in like a private residence. You come in and they have hot chocolate in the lobby and they have a fire, and the fireplace going, and it's just a wonderful, sweet hotel, yeah,
0: I really like the- the esprit I thought it they had a very nice uh, feel to it, a very nice vibe, and I think that they it's all by intent, and I think they do an incredible job uh as far as making you feel like it is a living room, some places claim to be like home, but I think uh that it, that it succeeds. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, one of the things
1: I really liked about it is breakfast is included as an amenity, but then they also have in the quote unquote living room, they have two different sets of mini bars, both alcoholic and non alcoholic, where you can go down, you can get a beverage, you can get yourself a cocktail, have some appetizers in the afternoon. And then the mini bar in your room is included. So if you want to have a beverage while you're in your room and, you know, just relaxing before you head out for the evening, you're not getting nickeled and dimed. And I really like that feeling of it, that you could just have a little snack and then head out for your day of sightseeing or come back after being out in the cold. If it's in the wintertime, have some hot chocolate, warm up and just enjoy the evening before you go back out for dinner.
0: I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, We did get to do a few things to tour. In Paris, uh, we uh, went to, of course, the, the Bon Marche, the famous store.
1: Oh, wow, that store is pretty incredible. That's one of the iconic department stores that I would say is probably over 100 years old. And they have their windows all decorated for the holidays, kind of interactive windows. Um, Kind of a nod, I would say, similar to that you find in New York at, say, Lord & Taylor, something like that. And, of course, you want to go around and see each of the windows because they had dancing Christmas trees and just really fun things. And then we went in to just kind of get an idea of the inside of the store, and it was beautiful.
0: They had pop-up stores, they had trees, they had decorations. A lot of fun for the holidays, but uh, probably the most spectacular indoor shopping lights you are going to see anywhere are at the Galleries Lafayette. Oh, hands down. And I had seen this online
1: and friends that had told me who had been there during this time of year had said, you have to go to Galleries Lafayette. And it is a giant department store, multi stories tall, but in the center is the biggest Christmas tree you've ever seen. And it was ridiculous and we're so glad we went there just to see the tree and they do a light show there on the hour and we got great photos and it was sponsored by i think piaget so i mean lit up in every color and every year it's a different theme and this year it was just over the top with beauty i mean you couldn't even fathom it it looked like something disney would have done so it's a large open
0: space and it doesn't have a lot of walls, but there are different stores in different areas on the floor. So it's sort of like, uh, it's like a mall, but s- uh, set up like a department store where instead of a department, an individual menswear, there will be an actual brand or instead of a toy, st- uh, a toy area, they'll have a Disney store. But again, no walls. It's, it's sort of like a mall crossed with a giant department store.
1: Yeah, and it's set in a rotunda. So the whole thing's a giant circle that you can work work the whole entire loop. And we didn't make it to every floor. We were there on a very busy Saturday, and you only have so much time. But it started, I think, at the zero floor with I mean, there were restaurants down there and went all the way up to the very top, which we enjoyed went up to the toy section, because we got some beautiful views of Paris, believe it or not, from the toy section, where they have a balcony and you can get a full on view of Montmartre and the roof lines of Paris. So it was fun to just spend a couple hours of wandering around there and doing a little bit of shopping. They had everything from, you know, high end shopping to just like Jim was saying, a Disney store in there where I bought a couple of items that were exclusive to just the Paris Disney um, store itself. But then they also had a section where if you spend a certain amount over 175 euro, you could go down and get your VAT back. So your 20% tax back. So you save your receipts, take your passport and go downstairs and get your taxes back. And based on some of the dollar items that are euro items in this, Store that could really add up quickly,
0: yeah. And like we said, we'd hope to have more from Paris, but unfortunately, uh, some of the riots made that uh, very challenging and. Well, impossible, but I'm sure we'll go back again.
1: Oh, most definitely. Now that we've been there that time of year,
0: I'd like to go back maybe a week
1: or two later, maybe the first two weeks in December, because we did find it was just the beginning of the Christmas market season, and each neighborhood tends to open up um, specific weeks. So, like the St. Germain neighborhood we were staying at was having kind of their reveal about five, five days after we were leaving. So, there were a c- couple of Christmas markets open, but I would think by about the second week in December, there must be 25 in the city to go to. And that would be a lot of fun to see all the different lights. So too bad that we missed the lights in the Champs-Élysées, thanks to the riots. But that's okay. We did actually get to see them on TV. And
0: <laughs> yeah, when we did see some lights. Like I said, had we uh, maybe just a couple of days later, we'd go see more. So if we had some advice for Paris, during the holidays maybe the second week of december would be a better time as opposed to the first week
1: yeah but it was still an amazing experience and disneyland was definitely um decorated they open up their decorations
0: as of this year was november 6th so they have almost a two-month window there yeah because it's disney so that's what they do (laughs) they give you plenty of opportunity to come experience it and spend your money and we we certainly did but i love disneyland paris uh The Walt Disney Studios seems to be improving. It's still not the best, but I think it's worth just to go to see Ratatouille. So I'm a big fan. Definitely, if you're a Disney fan or you're holidays, you love the lights, you love the experience. Uh, or you want a holiday experience at a Disney park without all of the massive Disney crowds that have been cultivated over the last few years, I would definitely consider, if you can, going to Disneyland Paris in the holiday season.
1: Yeah, and one of the other don't misses for Disneyland Paris that we did was we did a character dining at Cinderella's restaurant, which has really expanded since the last time we were there.
0: Amazing.
1: It was crazy. I cannot count how many princesses we saw. It was probably close to 10 that. Come around in the time period while you're dining and it is a price fixed menu not inexpensive by any means but so worth it because we met Ariel and Belle and the Cinderella's mice and Cinderella I mean just one after another and we were kind of wedged in between one little girl that was four and another one that was five and it was so fun to see them get so excited to see the princesses and of course I was excited too
0: well, the whole room is filled with families and little girls dressed up in their dresses, whether they're dressed as Snow White or Cinderella or Ariel or whom have you. And what is incredible with uh, these princesses is we were in between two different families, as Carrie mentioned. One was from Spain. And the other was from Britain. So you would see the princesses switch languages. They went from French to Spanish to English. And uh, even I heard a little bit of German. So, I mean, hats off to these princesses. I mean, they had a lot of tables to go to. Uh, they were very busy. They kept up their energy and their engagement in all these different languages. So these princesses really are rocking it at Cinderella's.
1: Who knew that Ariel multilingual No, it was a lot of fun to, to go to that both to experience it as an adult but to watch other families so add that again to your reservation list for your dining plans there's no shortage of dining in both Disneyland Paris as well as the city of Paris I mean you could just eat and eat your way through all of France and it's easy enough to
0: do. So big thumbs up to Disneyland Paris. And we still enjoy Paris, even though, unfortunately, the situation made it uh, difficult to see everything. But we've been before and we'll be we'll be back again.
1: Yeah. Now, our big question is, what
0: were our three favorite things? What were yours? Uh, I am going to say Space Mountain and then I'm going to say Ratatouille. I think those rides were both incredible. And then I think I loved the lights in Paris at Galleries Lafayette. Well, you
1: stole one of mine because mine was Galleries Lafayette, definitely for the lights and the light show and the decor. I'm going to go with the decorations at Paris Disneyland because I could not stop taking pictures. And my third one, of course, Small World, because I love that. My favorite attraction of all times has great memories. And having the French holiday spin on it was well worth it.
0: Yeah, the holiday music inside with the Father Christmas and other Christmas traditions around Small World was, was a beautiful holiday touch. So definitely, if you get the chance, go to Disneyland Paris for the holidays. You will not be disappointed. The decorations are fantastic and the crowds are manageable.
1: And the nice thing is, is Paris is a pretty easy one to pair with another city. And so I felt like the way that we did it with doing three nights London and four nights with Paris and Paris Disneyland, it made for a perfect one week vacation. Very simple to get from point A to point B. It's not one of those that requires two, three, four weeks holiday time. You could do it over a one week period of
0: time and still have a wonderful trip. This is Jim and Carrie, and thank you for making us part of your best trip ever.